You're back on the wagon? Off the wagon. I think we, so we discussed this. You're on the wagon. No, when you're on the wagon, you're not drinking. And when you fall off the wagon, you're back on the song. Depends what wagon you took to begin with. Well, I suppose that's true, isn't it? (laughs) So I guess I'm back on the wagon. No, on the wagon means you're not drinking. Off the wagon means you are. What if you're on the drinking wagon? Semantics. Welcome to the Financial Independence Garage, where we share the tools to improve your finances and unfold the roadmap to financial independence. Well done. We do that. Welcome, welcome. It is the Money Mechanic with you, as usual, and a couple of jack wagons are in the house by the name of the... Accountant. You got it right this time. I did. I'm the economist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Ron Burgundy. What? (laughs) I don't get it. Yeah, I didn't think you would. Okay. Uh, Let's get these beers poured right away. Yeah. Uh, This one is the Friar's Finest. It is Skeena Sunshine. It is a limited release Saison from Sherwood Mountain Brewing. Accountant, you have been there. I have been there. It's a lovely establishment. Tell us about it. Um, It's a local brew pub in Terrace, British Columbia. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice little patio outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you see trees? Tasty beers. You can see some trees. From you can the see patio. some mountains. Yeah. It is called the Skeena because Terrace is on the Skeena River. It is indeed. Did you do some fishing while you were there? Uh, I did not. I was road tripping up to the Yukon at the time. I see. So, Sherwood Mountain Brewing was, uh, it's owned and operated by two brewmasters, Daryl Tucker and Linda Parker. And uh, here we are. These beers were very generously bought for us by Ray. So thank you Thanks, so much, Ray. Ray. Thank and you, Ray. Yeah, I thought you said they were not only bought for us, but also delivered. Yeah, they came all the way down to Victoria. Wow. Uh, she was visiting down here and left visiting you. No, not no. me. No, visiting in. So Victoria. it was not a special trip just to get us the beers. Uh, that, no, that would have been a little extreme. I think. Probably. But she yeah, happened to yeah. be here with the beers. It's still very nice. That's it, a very nice contribution. It is very nice. Yeah. So, uh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. And shout out to Ray, and thanks for listening to The Garage. Uh, I think we got a bit of a mixed bag again tonight, boys. It's a mixed bag. Woo! I feel like we're doing, like, variety shows or something. Yep. A little, yep. Bit, of, little bit of everything. Mm. It's, it's pretty good, saison. eh? Yeah, this yeah. is a very tasty saison. Yeah. It is, it is. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the homebrew that was donated to me recently as well <laughs> so congratulations homebrewer you might know who you are okay uh what's the mixed bag account what's you're starting off what's your I mixed got, bag i got a great one i uh <laughs> okay. i found this i found this on the twitterverse and uh the title of the article is entire class fails yeah i couldn't read this because my phone's too small and it yeah was blurry. so it was blurry Essentially, an economics professor was teaching his class at university, and the entire class got into an argument about with him about how much better socialism is. Okay. So, I will, I will paraphrase this article because I don't want to read the whole thing for you. But essentially, he said, okay, we're going to do an experiment for the semester. I'm going to average everyone's grades. That's so, not going to work. I'm I'm going to average everybody's grades. We'll do a nice little socialism redistribution. You got 100 marks. Dave only got 50. We'll give Dave some of your marks. Okay. So, test... Not going to work. Test one. The class average was a B. So, everybody got a B. Now, Must the kids who test. studied to get an A got pissed off because they should have had A's and they got given B's. And the kids who didn't study at all... Were encouraged to not study at all because they did nothing and got a B. The 
next class, the or the next test, the average dropped down to a C, and he started getting infighting in the class and classmates yelling at each other and getting mad when the test scores were revealed because it was no longer confidential what your test score was. He, you know, told everybody. And long story short, by the end of the class, everybody was at a failing grade. <laughs> All tests were fails. And everybody just decided slacking and doing nothing. And they all failed the class. So is this a real story this or is this, is, this just is, like a... This is a real story. Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't know if it's real or not. Well... But that story totally checks out because there's it, no incentive to do anything. There's no incentive to do anything. Yeah. And I think that's one like... We, we hear a lot about socialism and how we need to like... You know, everybody needs a participation ribbon and... All of that stuff. And I think that is a good story of the actual realities of how be people behave when efforts don't match rewards. Now, to be fair, there's a socialist spectrum. Absolutely. Right. Completely. And, and that's, that, that's more communism than exactly, socialism, I will exactly. say. But it is interesting to note that a lot of people forget that when you want to have people act in a certain way, you need a reward system that rewards people for acting in the way you want them to right and a lot of times it seems like economically in this country we don't do that i mean yes and no sure there's plenty of incentive to go get a job no absolutely <laughs> absolutely but yeah. i i'm not talking even about the economic ones on that we'll do things like offer you know half-assed rebates for green like green initiatives that's really just allowing companies to greenwash and get rebates and we'll you know we don't always incentivize what we think we're incentivizing with rewards programs i agree hmm anyway i thought it was funny that everybody failed yeah, yeah. well i it's interesting it's an interesting trend right because all of a sudden people like you said there's no value in well, getting, why, getting the why, a, so why try I, i'm surprised it didn't start with fails I, so am I. I'm surprised yeah. the first test was able to even have a B average. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, not, how is not many economic students in the. I, I guess they're all economic students, well, but. It might have been Econ 101 yeah, like, yeah. Uh, requirement, right? Yeah. So, does that mean that you could do a mass redistribution at the beginning and have a, a universal basic passing grade? And then if you want to work harder, you can get an A. Yeah, that that would be a does way that, to that work? to incentivize things. I mean, if we're trying to like play this, I the the parallel between can we send yeah. that to the prof and see what happens when he does that experiment? No, I mean it, it'd just be a simple taxation exercise, right? Forty well, percent of your grade goes to the communal pot and gets redistributed. Yeah, <laughs> this is dancing around a, a big issue here. <laughs> Absolutely, and with grades, not actual yeah. human consequences. Well, right, but I mean, you're you're obviously drawing the parallel to our society that has like the the huge uh, disparity between the most wealthy and and the poor, right? Yeah, the wealth and, gap is a problem. Well, and I think it's a problem because the government keeps putting in red tape that they think is going to help the less wealthy, but it's so hard to get around all the government red tape that you need extreme amounts of capital to navigate those waters, and it actually helps to grow the gap. Well, that's, that's simplistic. 
I mean, there's, I, I, there's I under- lots of reasons. We have, there's a ton of know. nuance and a lot of reasons, but yeah. I think that's one that a lot of people choose to just gloss over. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a deep subject. Economist. <laughs> Yo. What's yours? After you. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. He just immediately defers? Well, I've been thinking about a few things this week. Well, everybody knows Bitcoin, so we'll go with Bitcoin first. Oh, I'm, is this me now or you? You. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's kind of Bitcoin related. I don't know anything about DeFi and putting that, putting crypto to work. Now, accountant, you've been doing a little bit of that, but I don't sure. even want to go down this rabbit hole because I'm woefully underprepared to actually present about this, mm-hmm. but more of a high level stuff. What do you guys think about actually employing the strategy of earning, uh, basically earning interest on if you have a uh, crypto position, which isn't that easy because you've got to transfer it in and then you've got to change it into a stable coin and then it's got to go into something else. And, and that's why I'm not going to get too deep into this, but just your thoughts on. Is it like buying a GIC with cash? It's kind of like, that's how people are making out to be. My goodness. That was my dinner that tried to escape with that. <laughs> <laughs> Hope it was good as good the second time. Uh, it tasted like taco salad again. <laughs> um, no, but there's people that are uh, espousing it on social media. And, and I'm not saying people, because I'm not watching TikTok and stuff like that, but people within the Canadian PF community on the Twitter that I follow are, are saying that, hey, you know, it's not unreasonable to get 10, 12% return consistently. And I'm not going to say, not going to so, speak to its risk on it, but I just don't, I don't see it yet. You know, it's just something I don't see. I don't understand yet. So I'll, I'll caveat this with, as I told you guys, I don't think I've talked about it on the show, but I took a hundred bucks mm-hmm. and I started playing with this stuff Two months ago, maybe? Yeah, about that. Just because I was interested and yeah. I generally figure the only way you can learn is to be in it. Yeah. So, one thing that you just said, 12% returns consistently. Cryptocurrency has not been around long enough to consider anything consistently. That's fair. There have not been enough years. I mean, you're taking a 10-year time period and saying, oh, I got 12% for 10 straight years. Okay, well, that's not consistently. That was mm-hmm. that's a good time period and it's getting closer to being consistent, but you're at the starting edge of a thing. So one of the things that bugs me about this space is that from my from my small understanding of what I've looked into, is that why are people paying you to use your crypto anyway? I can answer that. Uh, yeah. Well, okay, go ahead. So I put some of my money into an account called BlockFi. Yeah. Um I get four and a half percent on Bitcoin, and I think it's five percent on Ether. The reason that you're getting those rates is they have people on that platform that have ten thousand Bitcoin mm-hmm. that have had it since the dawn of time. Yeah, of the whole currency. Obviously, the dawn of time of the currency is like <laughs> ten years, whatever. Yeah, yeah. but. Those people don't want to liquidate their Bitcoin. Right. They want their Bitcoin, but they also realize that they have a million dollar asset and they can't spend it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those people are taking loans secured against their Bitcoin at like 12%. And the company is using part of your Bitcoin in the big pool and giving you four. Okay, fair. That's one way. Yeah. That's being used. The other way is people are leveraging their holdings. To speculate on further holdings. Correct. That's another way. So that's like getting a little sketchy for me. That's getting sketchy. And then there's also these things called liquidity pools. Okay. 
So liquidity pools are, let's say you have a Bitcoin and an Ether. Yeah. And you put them into the liquidity pool. And the liquidity pool is essentially a clearinghouse for people who want to do transactions and do, let's call it currency exchanges between those. Right. So instead of the bank saying, hey, you've got Canadian dollars, you want to buy US dollars, you give me your Canadian dollars, I give you a certain amount of US dollars, and I'm taking a fee off the middle. People are having liquidity pools where they're doing the same thing to change the currency, putting it into the pool and pulling out the currency they want. But by you providing liquidity to that pool and having your coins in there for people to take out or take back, you're getting A, the part of the fees that are generated from that pool, and then B, you get to take part in changes in the underlying value between the two, which mm. can either hurt you or help you. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm confused. Is it is this like a it's not not confusing? And I'm yeah. guaranteeing most of the listeners are confused as well right now. <laughs> Correct. Is it like a savings account where you get your coin back whenever you want it? The BlockFi one is mm -hmm. the liquidity pool is in the sense that you can withdraw it, but then you might have to pay fees. And based on how the currencies have fluctuated, you could take a loss. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's circle back here before we get too far off the rails. That was last week's beer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Clever. Would you put enough in there for it to move the needle? No. Okay. So that's where I'm at too, right? So what's the biggest risk? <sighs> lack of understanding. <laughs> I think yeah. lack of understanding is a huge risk. And it. we've talked about this before. We're talking about the internet in the early 1990s. One of these things might win, but we don't know what it is. Like, okay, if I have... Like, let's say I had Shiba Anu coin and I had a million of them and I put them into something at 12% and it's paying me 12%. Well, it's not paying you 12% in a usable currency. It's paying you 12% in Shiba coin. Mm -hmm. So you sit there and you compound risk. for five years and Shiba coin sitting at a buck and you compound at 12% 12 for five, 10 years and you've got all this Shiba coin and then everybody realizes it's worthless. So the biggest risk is the underlying asset that you're lending that you're lending you, well you figure yeah or is is default from block fi a, well, that's a that's risk? another big risk is like these companies are not super regulated yet and they're dealing with the hurdles of becoming financially regulated in the countries they exist in mm -hmm. that's also another concern so yeah you've got custodian risk mm -hmm. but okay so the one that you're using is you're not changing it into a stable coin no, because my understanding is once it, once you change your underlying holding of Shiba Inu coins into a stable coin, then then it's not as susceptible to the volatility of all these What's tokens. What's a stable coin? Right, but then you also now you've given up. You know, if we're talking Bitcoin and you moved it into that at forty thousand dollars, well, you've just given up your Bitcoin. Right. So now right, it yeah. goes to 60, you lose the gain, right? No, no, I totally agree, right? But that's that's the thing that you're on the fence there where you're like, okay, do I want the underlying for its potential growth or do I want the stable coin to protect against the downside? Yeah. So stable coin, to answer your question quickly, economist, again, with my brief understanding is that you can get one in USD or they have them in Canadian dollar now, which basically pegs and, and maintains They are the always value. worth whatever the value of the the current underlying fiat currency is. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
But this is, so I should say that the interest account I've been using on is a thing called BlockFi. And I started the, where I've got like liquidity pools and stuff's on a thing called Binance. Okay. And like, I, I don't understand this. Yeah. At like very minimally understand this. I just thought it was an interesting thought experiment to throw some money in and see what's going on. Totally. Well, I'm glad you're doing it because usually I'm the one who has to <laughs> invest in everything. So that's good that you're covering that side of it. But it, it, it is interesting and, and people are talking about it. And if you're that person that's super interested and one goes down like a giant rabbit hole, and learn about this stuff. You know, there's something to be had there. I just don't know what it is. And from my perspective, because I don't understand it, I I can't value it enough for it to move the needle. Like, yeah, maybe you put in a couple hundred bucks, you put in a grand. Uh, it comes up with what I want to talk about next in the show is asymmetrical bets. Like, is it an asymmetrical bet? And maybe let's just define what that is before we kind of have a little talk about that. Okay, go ahead. Define what that well, is. Well, you're the betting guy. I thought you might know this. Define away. You <laughs> Oh, we're going to make you do it. <laughs> Maybe you need another beer. Yeah, somebody new, go to the fridge. A new I, beer. For, I'll grab one. I kind of figured you'd throw me under the bus. Well, it's kind of, that's kind of the fun of the show. It is. Yeah. Well, I, so I've been doing a little reading today and thinking about it. And basically, should I wait for him or? He can hear you. He, he can hear me, can you? I can hear you. You're not, you're not listening, but. No, I listen. <laughs> So basically, an asymmetrical bet is going to be, uh, well, let's just start with a symmetrical bet, where if you invested $1,000, you have a chance to, here's the opener. Thank you. The spike. I'm back. Did you miss me? Well, not much. Yeah, I'm uh, not surprised. <laughs> okay, so a symmetrical bet is you've got a 50-50 chance of losing 100% of your initial investment. Right. Right. So say I invest a thousand dollars to make a hundred. I have a 50, 50 chance of losing all of that money. Whereas an asymmetrical bet means the returns I can make from it are asymmetrical outsized versus my maximum loss. So if I invest that same thousand dollars, I might make $10,000 out of it, right. but I can only lose a thousand. Right. So okay. but I, did, I kind of mumbled that a little bit. But, but I imagine the risks are greater in asymmetrical bets. Well, yeah, because you're pretty much speculating at that point. Right. But there's a lot of chatter about that now. And, and it comes down to basically all forms of crypto is like, is that a worthwhile asymmetrical bet? Right. Uh, so second beer is? Sherwood Mountain Lava Bed Red Ale. Lava Bed Red. Oh, there are some really fancy lava beds near Terrace. It's pretty really? cool. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and this is an easy drinking ale with subtle caramel malt flavor and sweetness. A hint of roast malts provides the red hues and dryness. It smells like a volcano. Does it? No. Because <laughs> I don't want to no. put my nose into a sulfur pit right now. Burn your nose here, <laughs> yeah. probably. Yeah. Okay, so asymmetrical bats. It, it's one of those, it's kind of like we've talked about swinging for the fences before, right? Right. You, you want to minimize your downside, maximize your upside, and the, the risk you're taking is, makes, you know, gives you an asymmetrical return. Right. So, is crypto one of those right now? Well, it has been in the past. Right. But we're always looking in the past, aren't we? Yeah. We're always looking in the past, and I, I'm not negative on the whole crypto space and web three and whatever. I think there's a lot of really interesting applications for the things that are being developed, but you own some coin 
and maybe I don't understand all of this right, but like <laughs> I've said it before. I think none of us understand all of this course right. we, Of course we don't. Yeah. But so I own some coin. Cool. It's like I own a hunk of gold. Does anybody think owning a hunk of gold in this day and age is really a solid investment? If you're a computer manufacturer. Do they use gold for anything anymore? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's still the best conductor, buddy. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah learn new things. <laughs> <laughs> no gold required in spreadsheets, but they are required in computers that you use. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, All right. okay. So, it, it's on. it's been on my mind because it appears to me that with the ripening of the investment world and the access and the Robin Hoods and the meme stocks and all the rest of it, it feels like wealth crypto. What's wealth crypto? It's like wealth simple. Wealth crypto. Oh, it's a wealth crypto. Okay. Yeah. So. Everybody's trying to make these asymmetrical bets, mm-hmm. right? Like everything that these new investors are doing is trying to find that, which isn't really an investment. No, it's speculation. It's speculation. Yeah. So, this is where I'm trying to just... Or pure gamble. Or pure gamble. Right. So, and why do you think there's 847 different tokens you can buy? Because we haven't launched ours yet. So, there's not 848. <laughs> the, the garage token? Yeah. Coming soon. So, uh, yeah. But, just, okay, I guess I'm just trying to get to the point here where we've talked a lot about being disciplined and getting in, you know, a boring index ETF portfolio, a dollar cost average every month over... 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to get to the finish line. You know, you don't need to go out speculating and looking for asymmetrical bets, but it's such a popular thing now where- It's because nobody wants to be patient. Exactly. And it's also because some people went big recently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So this is We the thing. live in a world of extreme survivorship bias about yeah. oh, everything, yeah. right? Absolutely. And the mm-hmm. only stories we're fed is the stories of people who have won. Yeah. That's it. You're not- you, is anybody reading about on the radio Joe who lost his last 50 bucks betting on some stupid – no, that's not a read-worthy story. It's not in the newspaper. You do every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Every, every once in a while, you have the guy that made $100 million and then yeah. like lost his keys or like right. lost his crypto keys or something ridiculous where you're like, yeah. okay, yeah, clickbait. I read it. Haha, too bad for you. But you're right. There's so much survivorship bias. And we've talked about that as well before, right? Where it's like we're missing the invisible evidence. We're missing a lot of the invisible evidence. And I think too many people now are going from zero to I want the hot tub. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah, I, I yeah. want the rooftop hot tub, except all they have is like four two by fours standing on end mm-hmm. holding up that hot tub. Like you haven't built a foundation for your house. Yeah. Yeah. So you might need to do that first and then you can start making the bets. So what what have you done that you would consider an asymmetrical bet recently? Recently? Well, our whole brewery proposition is an asymmetrical bet. Sure. That hasn't actually come to fruit. No. I, I will I will say that's an asymmetrical bet, but nowhere in the same sense as crypto. No. Because I have a business plan. Yeah. I actually have r- revenue projections based off of actual real world examples and experiences. Like, you can't lump all asystematic <laughs> Come on, say, he, say it properly. I, th- yeah. I think say he's properly. looking for asymmetrical. Yeah, no, I, I really S- scummed that one yeah. up. Uh, it's got two M's in it. I kept yeah. spelling it wrong today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but have you done anything investment-wise or speculation-wise? Are, are, you you out, a, are you out looking for that kind of stuff? No. Okay. 
So that kind of that kind of answers the question. No. Well, I, I expect a different answer from the economist. No. Really? Yeah. Well, I just don't get it enough. Well, I'm not saying it has to be in crypto. Yeah, I have, but it can be. In, it can be in anything. I, be in I, anything I get that, right? but crypt. I mean, like options trading could be looked at it depending on what your strategy is. Fair. Sure. That's probably the riskiest thing that I play in. So anyway, it's just something that I've been thinking about and it seems to be perhaps people sort of understand it from like a high level looking at it and going, I want to achieve those 10 X returns. And, and it seems to be common because we've seen, you know, the Teslas and the cryptos and, and the arc technologies and all that kind of stuff. Right. And it's, it's very attractive to look at that evidence of the past and say, well, I want to be involved in that. Even real estate. Yeah. In the major cities. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So understand what it is you're looking at. Right. Mm -hmm. You you know what I think this eventually comes down to at the end is what is enough? Mm -hmm. Like it it rolls back into that. What is like, I don't need to make those kinds of bets because I don't need $10 million. Yeah. I'm, I, I live a very comfortable life that I'm very happy with. What, how is my life going to change if you give me $10 million? The only thing that changes is the tap room at the new brewery is a lot nicer. That's the <laughs> only thing that changes. Well, we're looking yeah. for $10 million capital partners too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll take right. that. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Maybe we should just crowdsource the whole FI Garage Brewery. I'm thinking that might not be a bad idea. It's not a terrible idea. Yeah. I mean, you get a subscription yeah. to beer. Subscription to beer is never bad. <laughs> no, exactly. Okay, economist, yeah. you've had enough time to think of yours. No, it's uh, it's one of these uh, crypto things. Oh, this is, is this the crypto show now? Yeah, it's just the, sa- right, the sandbox. Okay, and yeah, what the heck is the sandbox? You guys haven't heard of this. You texted no, us about it. You what texted us yeah. about it and I have no idea what you're talking so, about. So, apparently, the sandbox is a computer game. Well, isn't crypto a computer game? Well, <laughs> essentially. To the next level. <laughs> okay, so, so, so to log in and start playing, you need to link your wallet. Oh. Your crypto wallet. Dangerous, yeah. And the currency the sandbox uses is SANDS, S-A-N-D. Okay. All caps. There's something like 60 billion that they're going to have ever. Okay. And they also sell LANDS, L-A-N-D. So if you buy a land in the sandbox, you get to develop a game on top of it and charge players to visit isn't this roblox what are you talking about yeah it sounds so there's other things exactly like this that that already exist online yeah okay every every 14 year old will know what roblox is right every parent out there will know what it is so this is rolls back to the whole thing about the what this space i think is really good for is the creators of the world right because historically the creators of the world have been screwed over right like I wrote a song and the record label gets a dollar and I get a penny. Right. And that's always been it. But if you can mint an NFT, that means that anybody that wants to listen to that song has to chip off, you know, 0.000001 of a Bitcoin that goes directly to your wallet by listening to that song. Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of this comes from is if you're part of the creator economy, you're going to be able to use all this stuff to now, you know, I created this game that's on this platform and it's not 
the gaming company that's getting paid. It's me, the creator, getting right. paid. Yeah. But I'm not a creator. Exactly. So I don't think it's really you're, relevant you're, for you're me. You're sitting here creating right now. Sure. I guess we could we could mint NFTs and we could have all that kind of stuff for the show, and that's how you could monetize the show, I suppose. Yeah, totally. So yeah, that that is one way in which that's going to be a lot better. But I think for general products and services, it's not. Okay, let's get back to Sand Sandbox right, 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 for a second here. So, are they making their money up front when you when you exchange your coins into Sand? I uh, and they're selling their land, so they're selling something that is virtual, right? They're selling a virtual. It's hard to wrap your head around that. It is. It? Uh, well, I mean, it isn't as it isn't. But yeah, this yeah. this isn't new. So, no, no, I know. Yeah. So let's take the example of Fortnite. I've okay. only recently learned what this is. Apparently, it's some very popular game with kids yeah. where you go around killing a bunch of people and you can buy a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The game is free. Right. What they make all their money off of is selling outfits and dances for the characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And kids will go, they, they call them skins, yeah. and yeah. they will spend $10 so that your character is wearing camo today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good business model. Great business model. You're not doing yeah. anything. Yeah, you just got to program and, it. Yeah. But we're going back to the same old thing where like you need – all of this needs critical mass, right? Mm-hmm. Bitcoin yeah. works if everybody uses Bitcoin. The only reason Facebook became a valuable company is because everybody started using Facebook. The only reason Instagram's a valuable company is because everybody use, was using Instagram. All of these things hinge on getting people in. So it makes way more sense to make these things free to get into. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And monetize later once you have the masses addicted to whatever your next dopamine hit is. Rather than to sell a land for 10 grand out of the gate. Yeah, exactly. So how big is Sand? Sandbox, how has it been around I for think, a while? Is it pretty established? No, I think it's like now. Oh. I think it's just starting. It's just a new thing? Yeah. Because I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about, I don't think it's the Sandbox one, but it was a different one. And there was literally like farms of people on computers in the Philippines that are making like hundreds of thousands of dollars just getting all the resources for these games and right. then selling it to people in North America. That's hilarious. It just grown adults yeah. sitting in a right. room farming some video game to then sell to the kids. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I th- I'm feeling a little lost in the digital age. Definitely. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I, and I think it just stuff happens so fast and it's, if you're, Deep into it, you're deep into it, but otherwise, yeah, hard to find. So what's uh, what's our show topic today? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've got a couple more things that kind of ties back into what we've already been talking about. Um, the So hang on for the show topic. It will be introduced later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the very end of the show. That's what we talked about. Well, okay, on the crypto theme, do you think that Bitcoin is a hedge for hedge against inflation? No. Why? Or why not? Yeah, it's not. It, but but okay, it's, let me, it's let me too argue, volatile. Let me argue the yeah. other side of your no. Okay, it's too volatile. We'll, is let, why the, I we'll think. let the account think. It's got a limited number of units that are ever going to be made. Like gold. So, no, I disagree. Because meteorites have freaking gold in them. Wait, we're farming meteorites now? Hey, We've gone down hey, a rabbit hey, hole. Hey, <laughs> I watched a movie once. <laughs> Was it called Armageddon? <laughs> yeah, it might have been something oh, like okay. that. <laughs> uh, okay. It has yeah. a limited number that can ever be produced. So if you print 
20% more money and introduce it into the system and you have a fixed, an asset with a fixed number, Mm -hmm. how does that not change its value? Because now you have more money chasing the same number of units. Right. If people are actually chasing it. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that doesn't matter if it's Bitcoin. If you have something that is a fixed number of units and you increase the money supply, then mm-hmm. you have more money chasing those units. So uh, printer paper, let's use that as an example. Is printer paper a good hedge against inflation? Is it finite? No, that's fair. That's the, that's the problem. Th- this, that's the crux of my argument. It's a finite number, right? So yeah. that's the only reason it can be. I totally agree with you that because of the volatility, it's probably not a very good hedge, mm-hmm. but purely from a mathematical sense, the more money that gets printed, that creates inflation, yeah. it's that the value of it is going to go up because there's only so many of them. Well, no. What do you mean? Well, no. The value only goes up if the people still want it. Okay. Well, if you get the buy-in. With the assumption that you've got the buy-in, but even without yeah. the buy-in, the value of one of them regardless of whether people are buying it or not, like it's not the volatility and not the price that people want to pay for it. The actual price of the unit goes up as more money is printed. No. Why not? Because everybody decides that they I'm not are... talking about everybody deciding. But you, you just said regardless of I, people I think, are wanted or not. I think why not. it's a no is because the thing has no value. I don't think it's a no. I think currently it is, but I think... No, no. The, the no is to... More money is printed, the value goes up. All else being equal, I will agree with you. Well, that's all I'm trying to say. Sure. That's I, all I'm trying to well, say. You I, can't argue that. You kept bringing in people and volatility. And I said, no, I'm saying on a mathematical level, it, it goes up. But that's going to be the same with every single good on the planet. Then no, all else being it's equal. it's not because they're not finite. Uh, no, it is. The finite argument doesn't apply there. Why not? Because the inputs are going to then cost more money. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, no, that's called inflation. That's what I'm saying. Right. But you're, I'm not talking about goods. I'm talking about an asset. But goods can be an asset. Okay, let's use gold, and gold's finite then. Does gold go up in value if it's finite and currency gets printed? All else being equal, absolutely Thank it does. you. That was exactly my point. I, I, guess, I guess the thing is that it's, is it really an asset? <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> I didn't ask that question. I know. I asked a specific question. And that's why I gave you the answer that, yeah, of what I was thinking. I just don't think it necessarily goes up if more money is available. Well, there's too many other variables involved. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all just shouting out our opinions. That's because this is for entertainment (laughs) purposes only. I'll give you this: given a constant demand for Bitcoin, okay, if more money is printed, yes, it will go up. That's a good way to put it. Okay, so here's maybe one. Because we've brought this up on the show a few times lately. It's just happened to come in with the whole inflation thing is inflation. Should you care? Uh, It's it's affecting the value of the the spending power of my dollars. Spending power of your dollars. You're still earning dollars. But I'm not earning more. You know what? You know what it's doing is it's eroding my time value. Right? Right. Because I'm getting paid the same and it's worth less. That means my time is worth less with inflation. With inflation, right. That's a, so that ties back into FI pretty big. It, it does, but is that not where you need to, like, are we not going to see a mass 
well, we've already seen a mass wave of workers demanding higher wages. Yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's coming along. Like, this whole inflation topic is coming along, but we're also seeing, like, you want to pay somebody $15 an hour, you'll get zero applicants. That's, that's right. not happening. You're not, it, people are not taking that money. Yeah. So maybe there's some of us that haven't caught up on the demanding more money with higher wages, but it it's happening. You're seeing it happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I no, it's, it's interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, these are, these are questions that we definitely can't answer. You know, we're just trying to figure these things out. Right. Yeah. And they're probably deeper subjects than most people think about on a day-to-day basis. Here's yeah. one that I find very interesting with the inflation thing is, okay. Everybody complains about real estate prices in this country. Yeah. What does it cost you to build a brand new house? Like I, I give you a vacant lot of land. Yeah. What's it going to cost you to actually get the house built on there? So you're tying this back into the cost of materials, cost of labor, cost of everything, cost of permitting, right? Everything. Yeah. That's well, when we were on Irwin's podcast, we, he brought up that if you print 30% more money, don't you see house prices go up 30%? People are going to have more money because the demand is steady. Yeah. Right. And that's just kind of how the relationship works. I mean, given a constant interest rate. Yeah. Given constant. Yeah. And I think another thing that we're also factoring in here is, I guess just before you go on, go ahead. With inflation, the interest rate should go up. It shouldn't impact house prices. It should equalize it. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. If that actually happens and it could probably not happen for a myriad of reasons, but the, the whole well now I've lost my train of thought. You know what? You it off. felt like the God lava beer it. created a little bit of <laughs> volatility and intensity and some lava oh, flow in the garage. <laughs> Let's have another beer and cool down. Yeah. <sighs> so take some deep breaths. No, my no blood deep pressure's <laughs> up. It's way more fun when I'm angry. <laughs> it's not fun when I'm angry. I actually really enjoyed we, that. We can tell that. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. Go get I'm getting another beer. Talk amongst yeah, yourselves. You got uh, we still have a little left. Yeah. Uh, this beer, not as good as that beer. No, the, the size on was uh, yeah, much was better. Real good. I, to be fair, I just don't like red ales. Yeah, I'm not a big red ale guy either. It's yeah. not, it's not super great. No, no. You like uh, red ales? Nah, not my favorite. And but you know what? Recently, I have been saying that it's easy to judge beer whether you like it or not. But we've been trying to get better at judging beer by its quality and how how it was true to its. Um, to its style. Okay. To its style. So as a style of that red ale, I thought it was actually pretty good. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I think as a red ale, it's good. I just don't huh. particularly yeah. like it's red ale. It's not my ale. flavor, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I remembered what I was going to say. No, I didn't. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I did. Shoot. Maybe I, didn't. I used to edit this stuff out. But <laughs> uh, what were you going to say? <sighs> oh, with the prices of goods, a lot of people will look and say, you know, in... 1940, people spent 30% of their income on houses and now they spent 40. Or people spent 40% of their income on food and now they spent 20. But Mm -hmm. everybody seems to gloss over the fact that the basket of goods available to you is not comparable to what it was in the 1940s or 50s. Are you saying there's more shit we can buy? (laughs) That's what it sounds like. 
Yeah, and and there's shit that had severe deflationary pressures. Like you wanted a wa- like dishwasher in 1950, as opposed to you want a dishwasher today. Yeah, those took they're free very, today. They're free today compared to what they cost in 1950. Yeah, well, exactly. All the tech or is a microwave, right? Like there's yeah. all of this stuff has changed. Like technology is deflationary, and yeah. our economic system is based on inflation. So. All of these comparisons people make don't really make sense because the inputs and the outputs constantly change so much. Yeah. And to that point, too, as I was listening to a podcast today where they said that if the so the CPI is a consumer price index, if that actually and I'm speaking from the US here, if that actually contained all the same things it had in 1980, mm-hmm. it would have been 14% inflation for like the last 40 years. Mm. 14% big, per year or total? Uh total. I assume total because 14% per year is insane. Yeah, well, okay. I, total. I, I, I No, can't be. They're cha- what my point is, is <laughs> they're changing the basket of how they measure CPI. Again. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's, it's not a constant over time. So yeah. when you try and do these over time models, it's not the same. No. And just as you pointed out with technology changes and things like that, it's not equal. Yeah. Well, you know, Okay, well, a gallon of milk is in there, and then people, you know, you know the general consumer stops buying milk. Yeah. Well, then that's not a reasonable yeah. example of what, you know, was transitioned. What did, do we got here? Did they bottle this wrong? What don't you like about it? What was the bottle say? No, it's it's a Munich lager, not a lager lager. Oh, I was like, it's really dark. Yeah. Munich lager, this classic brown lager is a rich, malt-scented, not-too-hoppy beer brewed using only the Friar's finest German hops and lager yeast. That is why it is not. That's a good beer. It's pretty clean. Yeah. It, it doesn't have a ton of flavor, though. It's Ooh, not, that's nice. I like nice. that. Yeah, it's not yeah. supposed to have a, a ton of I know, it's a lager, yeah. right? It's lager lager. No. It's Munich Lager. Thanks again, Ray. We've had a bit of a shouty show, but... Cheers, Ray. We do appreciate the beers. Well, you know, sometimes we yell at each other. <laughs> <sighs> so what's our show topic? Uh, the mechanic yells at the economist. No, no, you, you sent us a, something on the old uh, text machine here. Did I? I don't think I had any topics. Oh, no, you it, did. There's something else I wanted to talk about. You did. Um, I don't know. We've been getting very distracted lately in our text thread of yeah. just kind of general garbage. Yeah. You wanted to uh, talk travel, which we're not going to get to. Oh, we'll save travel probably. for another show. Yeah, but, but you also wanted to do some Addy trashing. Uh, that's maybe not the right word we want to use. <laughs> I believe it's the exact words that were used. <laughs> okay. And some uh, options go wrong stories. Oh, okay, okay. Which one do you want first? Let, I, let, we'll wrap the show with both of those. Okay. So let's start with Addy. Addy? Okay. Fill us in. So for listeners that don't know, Addy is the fractional real estate ownership uh, company that's based in Vancouver and has, uh, at last count, probably seven or eight properties that are available. Most of them have been fully subscribed, so you can't right. go and invest. Yeah. But you can no s- secondary market. No secondary market, right? So how do you get your money back? Five <laughs> this, years. This is a very good question. Five cool. years. Good talk. And this is where, okay, how do you get your money back comes into why I've got some concerns right now. Yeah. And I think we brought it up on the show before, right. or All maybe right. I've ranted about it, but... Are any of your concerns because of Epic? No. Okay. No, totally, totally Se- separate. Different concerns. Different yeah. concerns. Addy is a... Whole new basket of concerns. 
get it because uh, CPI. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, nice. Well, I was going to say that, Mo, Addy's actually an asymmetric pet. <laughs> no, so I've had, a, I've had interest in, and so have you, economist, in the Trout Lake property in Vancouver since yeah. 2018, I think we bought it. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, Wait, that's coming up on five years. Right. And yeah. I haven't had financials for that property in over two years. Right. Trout Lake did the property just flood? I it may have. Good point. I don't I do not know that. I just added another concern yeah. to the yeah. basket. Yeah. But so the, here's my problem, right? Is I don't feel that they're being transparent enough with their investors. Right. And so I brought this up and and they have a good tech service and I had a, a good chat with the person and I just said, "Hey, you know, I think it's appropriate that you you have a good platform online that people can go in and look at their properties, but there's no new updates. The update is rent got paid." Well, that's not an update to me as an investor. <laughs> right. I want to look at the financial last year's financials for the property. Yeah. Right? Definitely. And they're not presenting that. They're not giving me an option to see that. So it I just said, hey, you know, I think it's I think you should put that out there. It, it can be some sort of abbreviated PDF that you know, yep. tells us what's going on with the property. And so what they come up with now is like these 90 second videos of like their plans for reno and permitting and redevelopment. And I'm like, I don't care about <laughs> any of that. You know what the thing about plans is? Yeah. Everybody has one until they get punched in the face. Exactly. I want to see what that Actual property did results. last year. I want to see financials. So this is the problem I have with Addy right now is I feel like they're, they do, they're doing a ton of marketing and a ton of getting new properties online, yeah. but they're not servicing their previous investments and their investors well enough. Mm-hmm. So that's my rant on that. Are they, did you have to buy a membership? I've refused to buy membership. Right. So I'm holding where I'm at with it. Yeah. But like, for example, I bought into the North Vancouver property they had about a year ago. Right. Zero updates. Oh, wait, I got a little video that they're painting railings. <laughs> it's like, I don't give a shit. I want yeah. financials. Are you getting dividends? No. Monthly rents? No. Nothing. Nothing. So, so what is the plan to get your money back? Long-term appreciation. That's a bad plan. <laughs> I know. That's a garbage plan. Yeah. So, I'm the a, it's not a whole show on this. I'm just telling you where I'm at and what yeah. I'm trying. I want to make it better for Addy to be more transparent with their investors. And for investors, because I sent you that fluff video that they made. Oh, God, that was embarrassing. Such a bad fluff <laughs> video. We'll put it in the show notes. It's 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 horrible because it's I'm not too, putting it in the show notes because I don't want people to watch that's it. That's fair. But it's two very uneducated real estate investors that are so happy they put $500 into something they know absolutely nothing about, nor will they be told about it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. That, anyway. That's frustrating, right? Yes. Rant over. Seems like it makes you angry. It- <laughs> <laughs> this whole show is making me angry. I like this. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, uh, it seems a little. Uh, I don't want to use the p word, but uh, it's a bit schemy to oh, me. It's, a, yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, what was the other thing? Oh, options fails. Yeah. Okay. So you had an option fail. Well, I don't know if I want to call it a fail, but I own more Alibaba stock than I ever intended to own. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes those put options get exercised. <laughs> so it's a naked put option that I had on this. Well, and there's your first problem. Yeah, well, it's okay. I was okay with going naked, but the problem is, it's like, I love the saying. For, for our like, listeners, yeah. what's naked put option? Uh, when the tide goes out, you're naked. <laughs> <laughs> you are selling a put option without owning a lower put option for protection. So... If your put options at $100 a share and it goes to zero, you can be out that entire $100 a share. Right. 
Uh, no, that, that's not exactly how I would describe it. Well, it's the right description, so I don't really care how you describe it. <laughs> You're not out the hundred dollars. You you own the shares for the price that you said you'd buy them. Yeah, but if it yeah, goes to zero. Yeah, which is $100. Okay, if, if it goes, goes to zero, zero, you're out $100. <laughs> Fair, yeah. yeah. Well, you're out more than that, depending on the... Anyway, so <laughs> I ended up having to own Alibaba because one of my own failures was not realizing that their earnings report was coming up and I had an expiry date the day after their earnings. Right. Yeah, you generally don't want anything don't want expiring that. around earnings. Exactly. So that was, that was a lesson learned. I paid some tuition there mm-hmm. and it... It tanks like I can't remember what it was like twelve percent. Well, listen, the market has not been yeah. good the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, so it was a lesson learned, and it's now I'm now having to use margin to cover that. Right, and so these are all I'm just throwing it out there for people that are interested in options. Is like learn these things, learn the mistakes that are possible, and I'm not uncomfortable with holding Alibaba for a long period of time. That's why I had a naked put on it. But all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, I wasn't really planning on owning it this month. (laughs) (laughs) And yet here we are. So what's your options, fail? Mine? Well, I own a lot more Carnival Cruise Lines (laughs) than I probably should. (laughs) But that's a bet that I'm pretty comfortable with. Mm. Is it asymmetrical? Yeah, I mean, I just think that you have too many people who love those dumb ships. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and they're all gonna come back yeah. and maybe i'm wrong and the debt load that they've taken on is going to tank the company anyway even though there's outstripped demand for actual cruises but again i digress. they took on a lot of debt well they had to to survive two years of not operating pretty much right yeah yeah well that's the grab bag for this week and uh we'll see if we can come up with an actual topic for the next episode travel maybe yeah. are we gonna do one before you travel uh, yep. Yes, we probably Well, having a job has really cut into my episode prep time. <laughs> yeah, you also are not very good at listening to all of my ridiculous shenanigans about opening a brewery when you're at a job all day. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. It's been, it was, it was actually really. Are you uh, done? Well, we're in overtime. No, no. Are you done? Your job. Your shift. Your oh, J-O-B. yeah. J-O-B. Two days a week, buddy. Ooh. Monday, Tuesday? Yeah. Oh, for how long? Uh, well, we'll see. It's a long time. Till Christmas. It's a long time. <laughs> coast. I never said it was fi. I said it was coast fi. Yeah. So you need to you need to bring in some income. But right. Yeah. No. I I think we should we should talk about travel because you know you've been into the cruise lines, but I'm too scared of airlines. I hate them as stocks. Ugh. Yeah, no. Hotels. Yeah. Did anybody invest in any hotels? No. 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 But yeah. I would, I would consider buying an Airbnb rental and running it myself, but I'm not buying a hotel. <laughs> no, no, I meant in, in the, in, as like no, a I, recovery play. I, I understand okay. what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> I was simply making a comment on that. We don't know anything about travel. I, I mean, we know about travel, but like as travel rewards. I'm about like to hit my last continent, buddy. Last continent? Last continent. Ooh, well done. Have you, have you swam in every ocean? Uh, well, I'm about to go. I, I have been told I'm allowed to jump off the ship into the Arctic Ocean, so I will be doing that. Uh, you're going to be a long way from where you're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Considering you're going to the Antarctic. Antar- well, Antarctic Ocean, yeah. But good point. Good well, so point. You, have you jumped into the Arctic Ocean? Yeah. Mm. Where? Yeah, where'd you do that? Iceland. I think that counts, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Probably. Yeah. I didn't think. Yeah, it might be the Atlantic. Might be the North Atlantic, so maybe I need the Arctic. I, yeah. Is Iceland north of 60? No, you don't cross into the Arctic Circle. Oh, okay. 
Well, we'll give you a close enough. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think, uh, well. I think I've been in every other ocean. Oh, no, I've been in the Indian Ocean. Oh, you've gotten in the Indian Ocean? Yeah. I guess I kind of did too. Western Australia yeah. is No, technically- I, I did it from Qatar. Oh, cool. It was not like going into water. It was so hot that you were just like, it's the same temperature. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, how am I sweating in the water? <laughs> no, no, but I did it. Uh, so, is do you have any thoughts of switching to travel cards instead of cashback? This is the one. Are we on overtime? Oh, Because we should talk about this in an episode. Okay. But uh, I got to make sure that I get this correct. Um. I believe it is my prudent life messaged me. I believe they are from Campbell River, actually on the island. Okay. And when I was bitching about on Twitter that my dryer broke right after yeah, 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 the yeah. warranty expired, yeah. they told me most cards have an extended year warranty. Yeah. So I looked into it. Yeah. And my Visa card has an extended one year warranty. I literally today got the thousand dollar check in the mail no for way. replacing my dryer covered by the extra warranty on my visa card would have never known that's awesome i owe them beers for sure definitely shout out shout out for sure um yeah i knew there it's it's interesting you mentioned that because i knew that there were cards with that had purchase protection but i never really think about it you kind of forget about it right because it's yeah. a year later or whatever yeah so when i was talking to the insurance company it's a sixty thousand dollar like lifetime limit yeah mm-hmm. and it's an extra year on appliances that you buy so what about electronics my, I wasn't looking at electronics, okay. so yeah. I can't speak on that. But yeah. mine was like, if I buy a toaster and it dies after 18 months, I could go and get it replaced with the Visa card. So, so know your card for buying appliances. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's a good hack. There's something else I was thinking about. Good hack recently. I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. Well, at least we're still in overtime. I meant to bring this up on the show. So I've been listening to uh, the Investors Podcast. We study billionaires. They do lots of good interviews on there. Yeah. Anyway, one of their ads recently is truebill.com. Okay. All right. So what Truebill is, is it's, uh, it basically tracks all your subscriptions. Okay. And the premise is that they're going to save you money by making you realize how many subscriptions you have that you don't want. But you have to pay them for that? Well, I just opened the website because I've got to try and figure so out how to So I got to get a subscription to manage my subscriptions to have less subscriptions? Is that what you're trying to that's tell me? That's the irony of it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's where I'm like, if you have so many subscriptions that you need a service... You got. You need to get rid of some of your subscriptions. <laughs> You've got an underlying problem yeah. here that is not using another app to fix it. Right? It's like, it's like that's the band aid. It's not solving not the, the solution. Problem. The solution is uh, hack the yeah subscriptions. I, it, it bugs me, right? Subscription because, hack. Yeah. 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 Well, because you know, th- I mean, we can take this right back to the original discussion about you know how to get to fi and you know being sensible and on top of your spending and tracking your spending yeah it's like if you need an app to track all your subscriptions and like they're going i can't remember what it said in the ad the average american yeah has like 200 plus dollars of subscriptions every month whoa that's some pretty serious coin okay so here's a question is cable a subscription i think so yeah i would say cable is i say it is so then there's your 200 bucks right there Mm. okay fair so you get rid of okay. So you think they're just doing a bad average? And they're tying cable in. No, I don't. I think, I think 
they're not counting cable. Okay, yeah, I don't think they are either. But I think they should be. I so think- let's call it 300 a month. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, I've heard people be like, oh, well, I'd like to cut back, but my cable with internet bill is like $204 a month. And you're like, what? How is this possible? Yeah. You know, for like, obviously the top of the line cable package now with all the sports and movie channels is just like insane. Yeah. Got Gross, a Serious eh? TV commitment. And I don't yeah. understand it because there's a ton of content in like you don't need a whole bunch right no and maybe you cycle through i think that's what we're really bad at all of us is canceling things Mm -hmm. like things have stickiness they do that's why there's it's not like there's a reason everybody has a subscription model yeah right it's because most people won't leave yeah and so i get crappy radio reception in the garage for the local station. So sometimes I listen to the Bellingham station and it came on the other day. They have a subscription car wash. Like <laughs> what? what a brilliant business model. You can oh get my God. unlimited car washes a month for like 50 bucks. Hmm. And how often do you think those people with the subscription go in? I, once, once a month. I'm maybe. thinking it's a $50 car wash once a month. Maybe twice. Maybe, maybe they go weekly. Maybe once every two months. Weekly. You, you might even go if weekly. they go weekly, there's 12 bucks. That's 12 bucks a car wash, yeah. which yeah. is actually, that's pretty par for the course if you go it's to like pu- yeah. local stations here. Right? Right. Sure, but who's washing their car weekly? How how much spare time do you have? You <laughs> people, people that have like an eight hundred dollar car payment yeah. want to have their very expensive. So I'm going to tax fifty dollars a month <laughs> on my eight hundred dollar car payment. I know, right? It's so funny. But I was just like, wow, that is an amazing business model. Mm-hmm. You have a car wash that you have now created into subscription based business. I you should just subscription based everything. <laughs> well, I mean, gyms, right? They're the original, pretty much. Yeah. Or HBO, like those kind of original models. I, I yeah. just realized that you were talking about Jim G-Y-M and not Jim J-I-M. Because <laughs> the guy who runs the corner store by my house is named Jim. Oh, yeah. So anytime somebody <laughs> says Jim's, I'm like, oh, Jim's place. Yeah, I go there all the time for candy. <laughs> weird, weird time. Very weird. No. Yeah, well, good talk. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the athletic center. Oh, well. Yeah. So not where they sell candy. No. I mean... I think they put the vending machines in there to get you on the, uh, you know, yeah. the, you on the, the way out after, hamster yeah. wheel. Yeah. Not there getting anywhere. Come on. Wasn't, wasn't the original one, the like 10 CDs for oh, a penny. Yes. Yeah, it was. And, and then nine ninety nine a month after that, basically. Yeah. 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 What, was that? what was that? Uh, Columbia house. Columbia, Columbia house. house. Yeah. 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 No, gotta love it. Like I'm surprised they like the video stores clearly weren't smart enough to go subscription model right at the beginning. Well, didn't Netflix. And Blockbuster? Well, yeah, they did. Exactly. Yeah. That was the changeover, right? Because right. back in the day, you go but and you're, pick But you're one saying movie. your corner video store. Your corner video could have yeah. said, hey, we're going to charge you twelve ninety nine a month. Yeah. But definitely. I don't know. Back then, people would have been using that up. Oh, yeah. But if you had said, hey, it's going to be 30 bucks a month and you can have one movie out of the store at a time. Or it's going to be 60 bucks a month and you can have two out of the store at a time. Oh, then you're going by right? daily. And yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. The only other thing that I didn't ask today, we got into the crypto talk was, is Bitcoin a replacement for bonds? No. <laughs> <laughs> Flat out, no. Why? Because it can't be an inflation hedge and a replacement for bonds. <laughs> Those two are not correlated. <laughs> well, you clearly didn't want to agree that it was an inflation hedge, so... <laughs> uh. I got to go. <laughs> okay, fair enough. 
Oh, no more Cheers. Mama beer. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, yeah. Ray. Much appreciated. See you next time. See Ciao. you next time. See you, boys.